All right, it is the sports mashup number 62, May 4th, 2022 is the date of today. The NBA, as that rhymed very nicely, is where we will begin. Uh, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers, potential most valuable player in the NBA, could return by game three and four. They got wiped out in game one. I, I'm of the belief that if he is not healthy enough to play and perform at a certain level, they have zero shot against the Heat. Uh, Harden is not that guy anymore. Well, the thing with the series, though, Mike, on the injury report, Embiid's the only guy the Sixers are missing. But the Heat, as of uh, yeah, or yesterday, or day-to-day, Tyler Hero, P.J. Tucker, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, and Mark, or Max Struss are all day-to-day. So I don't know if it, how many of those five are playing tonight. But, I mean, if you're missing at, at least Hero and Tucker, that's missing a big, I mean, a big offensive part and a big defensive part. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I still just don't think the Sixers are that team. Like, outside of Embiid, I don't really love their team. Um, I don't see them having a chance if Embiid's not playing. Uh, and if they can win tonight, though, that'd be huge. Make it more of a series, go back home 1-1. That's a huge win for the Sixers if they can do that. I just don't see it happening because I just think the Heat are better, especially when Embiid is not there. Because who's their backup? Uh, center? I think Paul Reed somebody who is playing there. So that's a bit a bit weird, I guess. Um, Let's see the box score. Who started? Oh, they have DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan, Paul Millsap, Paul Reed. They got DeAndre Jordan in that trade with uh, yes, Nets. the Nets. He started. He only played 17 minutes. And then it looked like they kind of played small. Millsap played six minutes. Gorgian Yang played 22. I mean, he shot over seven from three. Yeah, I don't think they have a chance. I like Gorgian Yang. I mean, if he makes half those threes, it's a closer game. They lost by 14. Makes three of them. That's only a five-point difference. Plus... Who knows what that turned into? And switching to a much more entertaining series, uh, Steve Kerr and the Warriors are preparing, which they've already seen it, uh, for the physicality of the Grizzlies. Kind of a, a great series in terms of just you know knockout punches and haymakers and such throwing close games down to the wire games the first two have been. So uh, yeah. probably a series that will go the distance. Yeah, you had game one uh... – Draymond got ejected, and then game two, you had Dylan Brooks, former Oregon Duck, got ejected. I thought the Draymond ejection in game one was weak. Yeah. I like, mean, he said if his was ejected, then Jay Crowder should have got ejected when he I, kicked Luka Doncic. I would agree. I would agree that Jay Crowder's was a little bit worse than what Draymond did, but I guess – Reputation? I don't know. I feel like people look at Draymond differently than Jay Crowder, even though I think they both have a history of doing things, I would say. Um, bit well, weird, definitely. 
Yeah, and the one last night, Gary Payton Jr. broke his elbow going up for a layup, and Dylan Brooks completely took him out. Yeah, I never saw this. Uh, I think I may have seen the video, but I didn't really look at it. I wasn't really paying that much attention when it came across. Um, but if there's going to be an injection every game, that'll make this series even more interesting. And you knew Jay Crowder's had to be somewhat bad if they went and reviewed it and only made it a flagrant one. It was weird. They, I thought like for he sure. He never kicks his legs out like that, and then all of a sudden his right leg goes right up into Luca's groin. Yeah, I think uh, the thing with that is, I mean, Luca is the only guy that can beat the Suns. If 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 Luca, which I'm not advocating for anybody to do that, but um, if there's anybody that's going to take Dallas to a level where they can win this series, it's him because he had 45 and they still lost, and the score is closer than the game really was. Yeah, and he's only like the sixth person to score or have. Uh, I take a picture of that. I did not. He's like, uh, he's had six 40-point or more postseason games, and I think he's uh, one of six to do it at 23 or younger. Yeah, he's a, he's a good player. But, yeah, they'll definitely need more uh, – of the other role players to do more to win this series. Yeah, but I think that's going to be hard because Dallas, Utah cannot defend how the way that Phoenix can. Um, like the Suns pretty much have a good defender at every single spot. I don't think a lot of teams in the NBA, if any other than them, have that. Uh, maybe Boston. But, yeah, it's going to be really hard for Dallas is like – and if you're the Suns, I feel like letting Luka get his points because you know he's going to get his points and then shutting other guys down like Brunson and Dinwiddie and Bullock. And, uh, I mean, Kleba had six threes, I think, and it really didn't matter. Andy almost got taken out of – he almost lost his life. I mean, that was a weird one, how he, like, slipped off the rim or something because I thought at first that somebody touched him, but he wasn't even touched. And then I don't know how he wasn't, like, seriously injured from it's that. It's like the momentum he came up to the rim with – Kept his legs going where he couldn't hold onto the rim and then fell awkwardly on the back of his head. Weird. It's very weird. Stayed in the game to shoot a free throw for the N1. Yep. Yep. Uh, the Hornets are eyeing Mark D'Antoni to be their next head coach. Interviews have begun. I always, uh, I always liked him in Phoenix. Um, I like his fast-paced game, and I think that might help with the Hornets, letting LaMelo and those young guys – Run the run the ball a little more. One problem that I see there, though, and Dan Tony's not going to help this, is just the fact that they literally play zero defense, and you really can't win. And even in this NBA, without playing some form of defense, and the Hornets do not play defense. Yeah, unless you somehow are deep enough, and you can outrun everybody for the entire game. Yeah, I mean, the seven seconds or less style that D'Antoni had and had it in Phoenix, and I think a big reason why they probably never really won a championship is not only like the Lakers back then, but just didn't play very much defense. And uh, I think the offensive part would be great for guys like LaMelo Ball and um, Bridges if he returns. And I think that also, I mean, Mason Plumlee, I mean, he kind of ran up and down the floor a lot at Duke. Got a lot of, you know, oops, 
alley-oops and stuff on the break because he is, I mean, he's really athletic for being seven foot tall. Yeah. I, I mean, this would be a, a good hire, but I don't think it would take them to a different, like it may be taken to a different level offensively, but I don't think as a team they would be that much better. No, I think it might, could push into a playoff spot, at least a play-in. They were in the play-in this year, but they got murdered by the Hawks. A better play-in position? Maybe get to the six. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but after last week's show, we only had the Hetzhawk, Heat Hawks Celtics Net Series done. The Bucks closed out the Bulls in game five. Sixers also closed out the Raptors in game six. Uh, Suns closed out the Pelicans 4 2. Grizzlies closed out the Timberwolves 4 2. And another close game. Warriors closed out the Nuggets bad 4 1. And the Mavs closed out the Jazz 4-2. Which, out of that two, Rudy Gobert's came out to say either him or me. On he wants them to either trade him or Donovan Mitchell. How about you trade them both? Neither of them are winning players. It's enough with those guys. He doesn't see that they could win a ring with both guys there. It's like the complete off-brand version of Stockton and Malone. Which is maybe going to where it's got to be Rudy because of his age. Yeah, I don't think they're going to actually trade Donovan Mitchell. I don't see that happening. Um, I mean, Mitchell definitely has more value. Yeah. You could get more for him. I wonder if they maybe try to take a run at a free agent big man such as DeAndre Ayton if he actually hits the open market. I would hate it, but... It could make sense for them if they're going to move on from Gobert, which I think they will. Or what, like, big guy is available in the draft? Mark Williams? For them, yeah. I mean, Mark Williams is one of them. I don't really think he would solve all that much for them right now. Chet Holmgren? They're not going to get him, but he is available. So... Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So right now you got the Heat playing the 76ers. The Heat are up one nothing. Celtics Bucks. They have split game one and two. They're one and one. Suns Mavs. Suns won game one. Uh, Grizzlies Warriors. That series is tied at one one. All right, let's go to the NFL. NFL draft last week. Top ten picks. Go over them real here real quick. Um, number one pick, as expected for like the last week leading up to it, Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars, defensive lineman out of um, Georgia. Georgia, which you're going to hear a lot of Georgia. I mean, one and two we thought were going to be what they were. Aiden Hutchinson goes to Detroit, stays home in Michigan. Stingley goes three to Houston. Which is where, uh, I mean, from the mock we had of Schrager's three, four, five, seven, eight, and nine were all different than what we thought, and ten. I guess Jets, three through ten were all different than what we thought. Jets take Sauce Gardner and uh, Garrett Wilson, four and ten. Giants take Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, five and seven. 
Icky Ikwanu, the offensive tackle out of NC State, goes to the Panthers at six. First receiver, Drake London, wide receiver, USC, goes to Atlanta. And then Charles Cross, offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, goes to Seattle at nine. Uh, elsewhere in the first round, another pick that I really like, the Lions getting Jameson Williams at 12. Which they traded up for that, right? Yep, they traded with Minnesota. Minnesota traded with Green Bay and Detroit in this draft. Uh, yeah. Kyle Hamilton falling to 14 at the Ravens. I thought that was big time. You obviously had the A.J. Brown trade from the Titans to the Eagles. Which my Vikings fans, buddy, he was mad because he wanted them to take Hamilton at 12. Would have made a ton of sense, like a ton of sense. And they decided to take the picks. They did take a safety, though, at the end of the first round. Um, yeah, and he wasn't a fan of that. I'm like, I, I'll take anybody from the Georgia defense. I don't care who it is. Louis Stein. Lewis sign. That's who they took. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't know why you wouldn't like you already have Harrison Smith. Why not get a younger athletic uh, Harrison coach? Smith's not gonna be there that much longer. I wouldn't No, that's it. what I'm saying. Why wouldn't you want a younger guy to learn from him? Yeah. And he kind of plays like a more of a hybrid like Harrison Smith. So yeah, his first year or two is gonna be playing a more uh strong safety instead of a free safety like Harrison Smith, but he's gonna learn that. To where you can flip over to the free safety. Yeah. Um, and then you obviously had the uh, Eagles getting A.J. Brown, trading the 18th pick, another pick, giving him a huge extension. The Titans take Traylon Burks at 18, the receiver out of Arkansas with that pick. You also had your guy, uh, Jahan Dotson, 16th to the Commanders. Yeah, the feel- 16th pick went from – Indy to Philly to New Orleans to Washington. I feel bad for him. It's a tough one because, you know, they already have a pretty large receiver room. Well, not even that. Like, one of the wanted him to go somewhere. I mean, McLaurin's been good there no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah, but it also wasn't Carson Wentz. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but they got uh, – who, who's the quarterback that they drafted? Um, who, Washington? Yeah, they drafted uh, – Oh God! Um, and what Malik Willis was the hot, most highly thought after quarterback, and he went he to went the Titans in the third round, second or third, I don't remember. Um, but the one quarterback taken in the first round was Kenny Pickett at twenty to Pittsburgh. Uh, he also had the twenty-two year Packers took uh, Quay Walker, linebacker, Georgia. Loved the pick. And then 27, my Bucks decided to trade out of the first round and gift Devontae Wyatt to the Packers at 28. I like it. Uh, Packers double down on Georgia defense. That's three straight first-round picks in the last two years, taking a Georgia defender. Can't go wrong there, I don't think. You also had the first or the second three safeties in round one. Who the Bucks traded that pick with Jacksonville. Devin Lloyd was the pick for Jacksonville, linebacker out of Utah. But like you and me spoke about, if um, the dude from Florida State, Jermaine Johnson, yeah. I feel like if he was still there, if he didn't get picked at 26 or, by the if, Jets. If he didn't get taken at 26, I don't think the Bucks trade out. Yeah, I agree. Um, one takeaway that I have from the first round of the draft is that the teams with multiple picks, I think, knocked it out of the park for the most part. So the Jets get – Sauce Gardner, who was tremendous in Cincinnati. 
I still think Stingley could end up being the best corner out of this class. Um, but then they also got Garrett Wilson, really good physical receiver, Ohio State. And then they get Jermaine Johnson at 26. And then the Giants getting Thibodeau and Neal, I think that's a, a great fit. Uh, the Ravens getting Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum. A couple good picks there. I think Green Bay did well with Walker and Wyatt. I think the Chiefs did well with McDuffie and Carloftis. Uh, so I think that the teams that are multiple picks did really well. Um, and then the Saints traded up and took the other Ohio State. Yeah, they took Olave, and then they also had uh, Trevor Penning at 19. Uh, also the um, the the Lions, Jameson Williams, Aiden Hutchinson, I thought that was really good by them. So, yeah, the teams that have multiple picks used them properly. Now I'm trying to find who the quarterback is that Washington took. Who? Why am I blanking? They took a quarterback, right? Like second or third round. Oh, that is annoying. I'm trying to think of the other quarterback that got taken. Well, Matt Corral went to Carolina. Yeah, was that before? Wasn't that in round two? I believe so. So yeah, Malik Willis went in the third round. He was the third taken quarterback. Um. I think Corral went in the third as well. Desmond Ritter was the second quarterback taken, I think. To Atlanta. Yeah. And then Malik Willis went 86th. And Matt Corral went 94th. So the quarterback class really made no sense. It'll be much better next year, assuming with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young headlining it. I guess I dreamed that Washington took a quarterback in the top few rounds. I guess they didn't. I don't know. That's weird. I swore they did, but Carson Wentz it is, I guess. I think the question now, like, who's oh, the starter? They took Sam Howell, 144. There it is. Okay. Who's the starter in Pittsburgh? I'm still going to say that it's going to be Trubisky, but the problem is that Kenny Pickett's pretty old for a rookie in the NFL. I mean, they also said, I thought they were sticking with what's-his-name as going to be their starter. Rudolph? Yeah. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, they Pickett. brought Trubisky in to be the backup, and then now you draft Pickett. I think it's going to be Trubisky, Pickett, 1-2, and then I think it could change. Uh Pickett will be 24 by the time the season starts. He's three years younger than Trubisky, and Trubisky's been in the league. This is his, what, sixth year or fifth year? So, yeah, we'll see how that works out. Um, moving along, Saints made a push for Ty, uh, Tyran Matthew, the honey badger, and they got him. Returns home. Don't remember the details of the deal, but we'll see what he's got left in the tank. Yeah, now this feels a big void that at safety with Malcolm Jenkins retiring. And they lost Marcus Williams, I believe, to the Ravens. But now they have him, Marshawn Lattimore, and then, uh, what is it, Gardner? I can't remember the other corner. Gardner something? Gardner Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. So that, I mean, the Saints will all depend on their quarterback play. Yep, yep, I would agree. Uh, with and if, and if Mike Thomas plays. Another big factor for sure. Um, I also wrote down in the NFL 
on my own. I didn't write it on the doc, but I wrote it on the piece of paper because I forgot by the time I printed. Uh, the NFL announced the international games. For the first game is the what the Bucks. Well, that's that was the first one announced, but it's actually the fourth overall. Uh, London week four, Minnesota, New Orleans. Or it's the first one in Germany. Yeah. Uh, week five, Green Bay and the New York Giants in London. Week eight, Denver and Jacksonville. And then Germany on November 13th, week 10, Bucks, Seahawks. And then in Mexico on November 21st, week 11, San Francisco, Arizona. So, Which was, was it last year or further back when there was going to be supposed to be a game in Mexico? And then Two the years field, ago, three years ago. The field ago. conditions were way worse when they got down there, so they didn't play. Chiefs and Texans or Chiefs and Cardinals or something like that. That's what I remember. Chiefs Titans. Yeah, I remember that that happened. I just don't remember who the Chiefs were playing. Uh, Rams Chiefs Chargers. I think it was an LA team. Chargers or Rams sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, they got down there, whatever, and the field conditions were horrible. So they had to move the game elsewhere. Yep. I remember. Uh, the Bears released quarterback Nick Foles after not finding a trade for him. And then the Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins gets a six-game suspension for PED violations, which supposedly this was from a test from November. This is probably why they got Hollywood Brown, which I forgot to mention in the draft. They got Hollywood Brown for a first-round pick. How about the fact that the uh, Cardinals gave up a better pick in the first round uh, for Hollywood Brown than the Raiders did for Devontae Adams? I believe it was the 19th pick or something, 21st pick, somewhere around there. That's interesting. Definitely an overpayment. but And then Baltimore still didn't draft a receiver. But they did really well in the first round. And they also lost uh, some other uh, – was Sammy Watkins on that team last year? I want to say yes. They did take Rashad Bateman last year. Wasn't he a first-round guy? Yeah. They're not a team that's going to draft back-to-back receivers in the first round. Good teams or good organizations don't draft back-to-back receivers in the first round. No, their offense is just so lax. Like they they rely on Lamar Jackson to get out of the pocket and find receivers, but now you lost his number one option. Yeah, it's a tough one. And then you lost Sammy Watkins in free agency. You have Bateman and Mark or. Uh, Mark Andrews. Yeah. So, I mean, you need some options for him. Yep, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I saw DeAndre Hopkins made a big post about it, saying it was from a test in November. He doesn't know what it was. He's on the same regiment and everything that he's always been on. But I don't know if this why it just came out now for a suspension if it was a November test. Season was still going on then. Maybe they didn't find it until now. Um, I mean, you know. And then last in the NFL, still just under a month away, you got the match, Brady Rogers versus Mahomes and Allen in Vegas. And now we go to golf. The Mexico Open. Not much of a uh, big name uh, tourney, but – had some young guys play really well. Um, 
is I think it's Brandon Wu shot 16 under made I had I think uh 10 under day either round three or four but the winner was John Rom won 1.3 million shot 17 under kind of coasted in round four almost blew it yep that's what but they he, do a lot he had the I'm pretty sure one of the last tee times so he Kind of knew what he needed to shoot just to hold on to the win. Uh, this weekend you have the Wells Fargo Championship. Defending champion is? Uh, Roy McIlroy. At TPC Potomac at Avenue Farms in Potomac, Maryland. All right. Picks later little, on that. little uh, NCAA basketball. Yeah, I wanted to add this. Uh, Illinois landing Texas Tech transfer Terrence Shannon Jr. after a little controversy with Michigan and Texas Tech. So word on the street is that Terrence Shannon wanted to go to Michigan, um, and that was once like the NIL kind of figured that out. He's like, okay, I'll just go to Michigan. Admissions blocked it a little bit. Uh, Michigan players were alleging that Mark Adams, head coach of Texas Tech, kind of – didn't allow Terrence Shannon Jr. to take a summer course and then go to Michigan to get into Michigan because he would still be on scholarship at Texas Tech and they'd pay for that him to take that course at Texas Tech to get into Michigan. So he didn't allow that to happen. So Terrence Shannon Jr., who's from Chicago and committed to DePaul originally to Tim Anderson, who is Illinois' best recruiter right now, he circled back and he's like, "Okay, I'm just going to go to Illinois then." So Which now Michigan's a, mad. That's the same guy that we had talked about who you guys got Sky Clark from, right? Yeah, yeah. Or so, that was a big key piece was Tim Anderson. Yeah, Tim Anderson's pretty much been the point man for a lot of the recent gets for Illinois, and this is a big one because Terrence Shannon Jr. fits right next to Sky Clark perfectly in the backcourt. And I think it makes Illinois a better team than what people are going to give them. I think a lot of people are going to look at them and say fifth or sixth in the Big Ten. I think they're more third or fourth with a ceiling where they could probably be second. Nobody thought Wisconsin would be good last season after what their roster went through. I'm expecting R.J. Melendez or someone like that to make the next step like Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray did last year. Maybe not to that level, but I think that he's a guy that could do that. We saw in the tournament he was really good for them against Houston, so – uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. is a perfect fit for Illinois. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's an athletic freak, three years at Texas Tech, great defender, improved shooter. It makes a lot of sense. And Michigan's mad, so that makes it even better. I think Duke also just kind of landed a Tim Anderson-type guy as an assistant coach. Tim Anderson – or not Tim Anderson. Uh, Jai White, guy who played at um, Texas – he finished at Texas. I forget where else he came from, where he transferred. You also just got a transfer from Northwestern, who is a completely worthless big man, Ryan Young, who's just a big white guy who just stands there and does nothing. So have fun with that one if he gets to play. Well, you know how we got that. Yeah. Chris Collins. Yeah. And Ryan Young's not good. So. But Jai White uh, was an assistant for Rick Barnes at Texas and then went to Kentucky and was one of their big recruiters. So, I mean, John Shire basically stole him away from Kentucky. Yeah, but he also has a lot of family roots. All his family is originally from Durham. He's got all his cousins everything. His grandfather's still in Durham. I think 
and the interview I saw his grandpa's like 101 or 102 years old. So a lot of family roots formed there in Durham. Yep. Uh, and then uh, lastly in college hoops, Florida's Keontae Johnson enters the transfer portal, hopes to play again. Also has a looming sexual assault case, so not sure what's going to happen with this situation. Just wanted to bring that up because a lot of people talk about the heart issue, which is was, was a very serious thing, and that's a big deal, and then this is also a big deal as well. It, and if he wasn't able to play at Florida after, you know, Almost two years of it happening. I don't think he's ever going to play. Yeah, the only thing I can think of for him, he's going to have to go to like a smaller school. There's no way he goes to a a power five, I don't, power I, six conference team. I don't think anybody's going to want him. Like nobody wants to risk that or like two different risks as well, the heart issue and the case against him right now. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's really going to want him. No, that's uh, like that's what I'm saying. It'd have to be a smaller school. Yep, yep. I don't know who that is, but like maybe a team out of the American or something. Maybe a team out of the uh, Atlantic Sun that's in the state of Florida. Stay in the state of Florida. So I don't know. Uh, all right, Major League Baseball. You had Madison Bumgarner ejected today after the first inning, and that whole creepy. Substance checked by the umpire, which was creepy. And it took long, way longer than normal of him checking his left hand. And he was staring at him. That was weird. I think so, it, also, it had something to do with he had thrown a, a wicked slider, caught the outside corner, called the ball, would have got him out of the inning without giving up a run before that. So he's already mad at the home plate um for that. And then that happens, ejected after top of the first. Or bottom of the first. Yeah, it was creepy. That's kind of the way that I look at it. And then Jackie Robinson's 1949 All-Star game bat sells for $1.08 million at auction. Uh, I was just telling Ethan before the we were still recording, I was surprised this bat was not at the hall in the Hall of Fame. Sure, he's got a lot of other bats that are. But that are worth more than this one too, I bet. Yeah. I mean, it just surprised me the money that people can throw around uh, for something like this. A lot of people have money, you know? But uh, they want to spend it that way. We had uh, Taylor Ward of the Angels as the second player in MLB history in the modern era to have a double, triple, and a grand slam and four-plus runs scored in a single game. The uh, only other one was Roger Maris in August 3rd of 1958. All right. There you go. And then uh, got another little movie MLB bracket here for you. So the top bracket called Hollywood Endings. You got Field of Dreams versus Angels in the Outfield. Which movie are you taking? Field of Dreams. And in the bottom half of that is The Natural versus For the Love of the Game. The Natural. Okay, so now you have Field of Dreams versus The Natural. Field of Dreams in a landslide. Okay, so that's in the final four for you. The bottom left is Let the Kids Play, Sandlot versus The Perfect Game. Sandlot. I don't even know if I've remembered The Perfect Game. 
I think I've seen it, but I don't remember that much. Uh, and then Rookie of the Year versus the Bad News Bears. Rookie of the Year. So you have the Sandlot versus Rookie of the Year? Rookie of the Year. All right. And then top right, based on a true story, A League of Their Own versus The Rookie. The Rookie. 42 versus 8 Men Out. 42. So the rookie versus 42? The rookie. And the rookie was Dennis Quaid, right, when he was the science teacher? Um, Is that – I feel like there's so many baseball movies that are all named the same or, like, very similar. Um, the rookie is – yeah, it is, and that's what I thought it was, but – yeah, it's Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. So I had to throw it in there. Right. And you chose which one out of those? The Rookie in 42? The Rookie. And then Best Ensemble, Major League versus Trouble with the Curve? Major League. I mean, come on. Bull Durham versus Moneyball. Wouldn't Moneyball be in the category of real or whatever? Based on a true story, yeah, uh, I guess. But I'm best on Moneyball. I'm I'll guessing they're going by the cast. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill. Yeah, I'll take Moneyball. So Moneyball versus Major League. Oh man, this is the hardest one. Um, I'll take Moneyball. All right. So now you have. Uh, did you pick Feel the Dreams over the Natural? Yep. So you have Field of Dreams versus Rookie of the Year? Field of Dreams. And then you had the Rookie versus Moneyball? Moneyball. So Moneyball versus Rookie of the Year. It's Moneyball versus Field of Dreams. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Field of Dreams. I mean, come on. Well, we had a little different. I had Angels in the outfield over the Field of Dreams. Yeah, I don't I, – I just I used to watch Angels in the Outfield all the time. I did too, but I I, don't, was, I just think Field of Dreams is the best of all time, so couldn't go against it. And then I had the Angels in the Outfield coming out of that bracket. I actually had the Bad News Bears out of the bottom left. And then I had 42, or no, I had A League of Their Own coming out of the top right. And then I had Major League versus Bull Durham, and I had Major League coming out. Major League beating a league of their own, and then Bad News Bears making to the finals, and I had Major League as my winner. It's not bad. Major League and Moneyball is a tough call. I wish I could have had them both in the final four, but yeah. cost yeah. doing business. I'm glad it was just Major League Two. It wasn't like they said Major League One, Two, and Three, or yeah, they had all three of them because the uh, second one wasn't bad. But then after that, it was kind of like the all the different additions they added on to Bad News Bears and all that. Yeah, definitely. All right, what do we have? Player of the week. Yeah, I went J.P. Crawford, shortstop, Seattle Mariners, uh, four seventeen average, two bombs. 1190 OPS. I believe he's third in war, batting war in the entire league right now. And he's finally starting to be what the Phillies thought he would be before they traded him for Gene Segura. So 
J.P. Crawford. Uh, I took first baseman Josh Bell of the Nationals. Uh, in the last week, he's 10 for 24, six runs, three doubles, one homer, five RBIs, four walks. Only downside to his line was he had five strikeouts. It's not that bad. Um, um, I did forget something in the NFL. Thibodeau once number five from the Giants. Current jersey number or current player holding number five is Graham Gano, veteran kicker, who I believe has always worn number five his entire year of kicking in the league. Yep, that's going to be an interesting storyline, I guess. Uh, it sounds like he's charging Thibodeau $250,000 for it. It's not bad. Which is surprising because supposedly his contract's going to be worth 32, either 32 or 34 mil, and he's going to have a $20 million signing bonus. So I'm surprised Graham Gano, being a veteran and always wearing the number, surprised that isn't not a little higher of an ask. I think it's a respectable ask by a veteran of the game. It's also just a number, so yeah. Well, and Graham Gano probably knowing he's in his last. Yeah, he's year. like five, so it's also very good. But also another surprise draft pick from the Bucks was they drafted a punter, which is weird because I am a big fan of Bradley Pinion. Yeah, the monster, and he's done very good in Tampa. Maybe they want to move him to like defensive end. He's got the frame. <laughs> also, uh, Graham Gano. You can make the argument Graham Gano is the only good player on the New York Giants last year, and I think it's a legitimate argument. The only good player on that team. So there you go. Uh, all right, he NHL scored the most points for him. Probably did. I mean, their offense was horrible. NHL, the Red Wings moving on from head coach Jeff Blaschel after seven seasons. Uh, really never got a very good roster to deal with. So kind of a raw deal, but at some point you got to move on, and Iserman's doing that here. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets will overhaul the coaching staff, let go of uh, interim head coach Dave Lowry and their staff. So a lot of turmoil in Winnipeg. That's something to keep an eye on. Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler. Some of those guys could be traded this offseason, so that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, probably somewhat of a rebuild they're going to go into in Winnipeg. Didn't make it work, really a downward spiral after you know 2019. They go into that series against the Blues, and I think a lot of people thought they could win that. They lose it in six, and it's really been downhill since then. Yeah, let's so, see. Uh, they played that last game Sunday, correct? Yeah, they beat Seattle, I think. Beat Seattle 4-3. So they won the last game of the year, finished – 39-32-11. Yeah. For the Kraken's first year, they went 27-49-6. Yeah, but they're going to be looked at horribly because of what Vegas did. So Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I think Vegas also got a lot better picks in the uh, I expansion just, draft. Yeah, I think the big thing for Vegas is all the value. Like, in, in 2017, you had general managers – moving on from a lot of different players and picks to protect other guys that they couldn't protect in their actual list. So for example, I think they got Riley Smith from Florida in order to take Jonathan Marcheseau. So Florida said, we'll give you Riley Smith if you take Jonathan Marcheseau. And both of those guys turn out to be studs for Vegas. So Vegas also got lucky too. Yeah, they I also think get- Riley Smith should have never been dealt away from Boston. Another fair argument there. So, yeah, Vegas got a lot of luck on their side, and they had GMs overpaying them stuff. That's what I think. 
they think, didn't fall for that this time with Seattle. Yeah, I think a lot of the GMs and owners saw what happened. Yeah, they learned their lesson. So that's why Seattle didn't have as good of a start as Vegas that's, has had. That's why somebody like Doug Armstrong was like, okay, you can have Vladimir Tarasenko. Let's see if you do it. And Seattle didn't do it. So that's another one that's interesting. Uh, for sure. But the playoff picture is set. Uh, started Monday in the East. You got Florida versus Washington. Washington won game one. Carolina versus Boston. Uh, Carolina won game one. Toronto versus Tampa. Toronto won game one. Rangers versus the Penguins. Penguins won game one last night in a triple overtime finish. That's a tough one for Igor Shosturkin to have 79 saves and lose the game. Save percentage had to be high. 950 something, I think. Um, in the West, Colorado versus Nashville. Colorado took game one. Minnesota versus St. Louis. St. Louis took game one. Calgary versus Dallas. Calgary took game one. Edmonton versus the Kings. The Kings took game one. All right. More games so, tonight. Yeah, tonight what you have uh, Florida and Washington and Carolina and Boston. I think it's Toronto, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Boston. And, and then, then Minnesota, St. Louis, Edmonton, L.A. Gotcha. So there you go. Uh, we'll do picks on NHL stuff later. Real quick, before we get into the picks, uh, Pitt wide receiver Jordan Addison, who won the Blitnikoff Award last year, one of the best receivers in the country, goes into the transfer portal, and there's a big NIL controversy because he was not in the portal. USC approached him with a massive offer. Then he enters the portal. I don't think that that's fair. I think that that's a huge issue with the NIL. I'm in favor of a lot of it, but I think that right there is an issue. If he's not in the portal, no other school should be able to talk to him. I, I 100% agree. I think that what USC is doing here is ridiculous. This is one of the best receivers in the country. This is showing that programs like Pitt are kind of screwed. If they have that, that guy that isn't a five-star talent but comes in and turns out to be a stud – He'll leave instantly for a big NIL deal from a big school. So I mean, that'd be like the how you know they catch these kids in high school and stuff getting money from people, boosters and stuff to go to their school. It's tampering. This is tampering. It's what it is. Like this is something that they need a rule set for. Like if you're not in the portal, other schools should not be able to offer you anything. And who's there in USC now? Is it Lane Kiffin? Lincoln Riley. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is a problem, and we'll see where this goes. I believe they're trying to form some sort of rule set right now and figuring out, hopefully preventing stuff like this from happening, even though it's going to be really hard to um, enforce those rules. But we'll see. So this is just a really, really ugly situation because what USC is doing here is ridiculous. But uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe follow up on that in a couple weeks. Uh, Let's get to the picks. Last week, four and five for me. I hit on Rom and golf, but – Three and two in Major League Baseball, zero oh and two in the NBA, one and one in the NHL. Not a good week. And we're, did you have Rom at top five or top ten? I think I had him top five. I think. Uh, I was nine and one, two and zero oh in the NBA, one and one in hockey, because somehow the Kings blew it against Canucks. 
five and zero in baseball, and then I hit on Cameron Champ uh, to finish top ten. He tied for six at fourteen under. This week I did have all my golfers make the cut at least. Not bad. All right, so uh, now I'm at uh, four sixteen and three twenty four, almost a hundred games over. I did not calculate my record, so I'll get that to you next week after this week. Hopefully, this week's better. Uh, Wells Fargo Championship, who you got? Uh, my three picks to win Matthew Fitzpatrick plus 2,000, Tony Finau plus 2,500, and Sergio Garcia at plus 3,500. Uh, top five, Max Homa plus 600, and top 10 is Rory at plus 140. Uh, to win, I'm taking Rory plus 850. I'll take friend of the program, Max Homa, plus 2,800, who um, I believe won this five years ago, four years ago, something like that. And then uh, I just didn't really know who to pick for my third one, so I just went, how the hell Ricky Fowler has fallen this far, plus 13,000, I'll take it. Uh, it's such a big number. He has not played well the last two years. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and then top five, Paul Casey, plus 600, and top 10, Abraham Answer, plus 330. Major I almost had baseball. Abraham Answer in over Sergio Garcia. One of my go-to picks every other week is Abraham Answer now. So I've hit on a couple times as well. Uh, Major League Baseball for tomorrow. Uh, the Brewers, minus 190 over the Reds. The Rockies, minus 130 over the Nationals. Blue Jays, minus 145 over the Guardians. The Mets, plus 120 over the Phillies. And the Marlins plus 120 over the Padres. All right, give me the Red Sox plus 130 against the Angels. Phillies minus 140 against the Mets. Padres minus 140 against the Marlins. Tigers plus 140 against the Astros. And then the Mariners minus 110 against the Rays. All right. Uh, NBA for tonight, what do you got? Uh, Heat minus eight against the Sixers. Suns minus six against the Mavs. So I think you're going to have one series in the West at 1-1, one at 2-0, same in the East. I think the Heat will be up 2-0. I think the Suns will be up 2-0. And, yeah, so that's where I see it. I took the Sixers plus eight just because I those questionable players for the Heat, If with those five being day-to-day, if they're missing Hero and P.J. Tucker, I think it makes it a closer game. Could, yeah. And then I took the Suns minus six over the Mavs, even though I wanted – if this was more like eight or something, I was probably taking the Mavs plus eight. Six is a bit low, I think. Yeah. If it was higher, I think I was taking the Mavs plus it, just uh, thinking the Suns would still win, just not by that much. All right. In also, with the points we were talking about, John Morant almost dropped 50 last night. I think he had 47. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Uh, NHL for tomorrow. Yeah, I got the Rangers minus 145 against the Penguins. Tie that series up. And I got the Stars plus 190 against the Flames. Tie that series up. Uh, we went different on one. I took the Penguins plus 120 over the Rangers, see if they could steal two games in New York. And then I took the Stars plus 190 over Calgary. All right. That'll do it for us. We'll be back May 11th for number 63, and we will see you then. Deuces.